0: Got
1: it. All right. Awesome. We're with a friend of my, longtime friend of mine that I have not spoken with in a long time, Mr. Tim Small. And I wanted to have Tim on the podcast because uh, we've seen each other's social media over the years. Yeah. And we post similar stuff. And you are somebody that lives in Los Angeles, right? Where, sure. where we're both from. And you believe in freedom. And a lot of people in that area do not. So I would love to talk about like what life is like there um, and kind of talk about this freedom slash truth kind of stuff. So Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think what got your attention was I went on a little bit of a rant on 9-11 and <laughs> some of my concerns there. But what I've been up to the last few years is I've got a formal college degree, business degree. I am currently getting my master's in accountancy at Purdue, which I actually very much distrust the monetary institutions, I think that we're indoctrinated by a multitude of institutions, whether it be political, legal, religious, familial, occupational, like, there's so many things that influence us. And yet the monetary system, probably is the most influential. And also, the least understood, because there's so much financial jargon, and complex mathematics that make people just fatigued and just downright disinterested in it. So mm-hmm. I've really uh, dove in or, yeah, I've, I really dove into the whole accountancy world to, to understand that better. So I, I do tax accounting and I work with clients uh, just in the area and the town uh, and I of Montrose. And I also do real estate investment, uh, doing my own deals right now, little development jobs and things of that nature, because Frankly, as you know, because you're into Bitcoin, <laughs> I think that the worst thing uh, that we're going through right now is inflation. And one of the ways that my hope is to protect myself is uh, through the through owning physical assets and land. Yeah, because even though the market can tank, at least I own property.
1: Right? Sure, sure. Um, and just just to respond to that, like that's uh, that's a very keen insight you have, because there's the yeah, there's the can. You know, Bitcoiners, we, we talk about the Cantillion effect, which is basically the idea that uh, the money printing, you know, there are many fancy terms for it. They call it capital injections and quantitative easing and all this mm-hmm. stuff, but it's just money printing. And that hurts the people on the lower economic scale because they don't have assets like real estate or stocks, yeah. you know, equities. So when, you know, inflation happens, they just lose the value of their purchasing power because they're living paycheck to paycheck. But yeah. but anyway, I, yeah, I just, I totally agree. You know, having hard yeah. assets is a very good idea right now, for sure. And I'm,
0: I'm actually, I am interested at a certain point to pick your brain more on the Bitcoin thing. Because I know we had messaged a few times seeing your posts and stuff. I've, I'm curious about it. And then we were talking at one point and you were saying like, oh, you really got to get a cold wallet. And admittedly, I looked into it and I was like, dude, I don't... I think this is too much for me. Like, I'm a total novice when it comes to crypto. I do not understand it. You know, I've, I've watched the YouTube videos explaining blockchain tech. And conceptually, I think I get about 20% of it. <laughs> okay. I, just, like, I would but, love to
1: talk about that. Yeah. And I, mean, I think your good premise for that is just, I believe there's a huge difference between Bitcoin and everything else. And I, I didn't always believe that. Like I had, I had owned other cryptos uh, since when I first got in Bitcoin when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. But um, I think blockchain is going to be used as a tool to control us in many ways. And like there are 11,000 cryptocurrencies and you have Bitcoin, which has the dominant network effect, right? You have corporations that have bought it. You have El Salvador, so you have an entire country that is on a Bitcoin standard and you have Ukraine talking about that as well. And um, So anyways, you have the dominant network effect. It's uh, the most expensive, which means the most people have put money into it, which means Mm -hmm. the most people believe in it. And one common trade of money is you want something that everybody values, right? Um, But then you have all the 11,000 other cryptos and so many of those are just absolute freaking scams yeah. <laughs> like all these people that's with the it. nfts and they're trying to pump their bags and it's yeah there's a huge difference and then i'll, I'll just put a cap on it to end this um, is people want to buy a cryptocurrency that's five cents because if it goes to a dollar then they're going to be rich yeah. but they don't realize that human beings don't want to transact in 20 different currencies people want to like I mentioned, they want to transact in one currency that we all value. And that's not going to happen with 20 different ones. So eventually, one is going to have to be the winner. I believe Bitcoin uh, is the winner for many reasons. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it, like the, the technology going on behind it is something that goes so far beyond me. Like, the, I think my favorite crypto that was out there that I saw was diarrhea coin because they said it was the most liquid asset <laughs> on the market.
1: Oh my, god. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> oh
0: my god. I just thought like, that's I cannot funny. believe, people are putting money into this shit.
1: Yeah, they are. Actually
0: buying into it and and, and like in what world am I going to like, am I going to apply for a mortgage and say, well, I've got like, you know, 300 grand in diarrhea Coin, so <laughs> that's going to count for something like but people are doing it and like, yeah. I, I, I think the the concern is, for me, is that a lot of people understand it and are investing in it. And there are a lot of people that have no idea of what it is, and they're just buying it. And so we're seeing some volatility with that. I mean, I've heard people say Bitcoin to 100,000. I've heard Bitcoin to zero. I've heard, you know, it's, it's never going to go past 60 again. Like, there's just so much to it. So I looked at it and said, well, it's high risk whatever. I'll throw some money at it and just kind of see what happens. But like understanding it any more than that is is something else. Like, frankly, I have in Robinhood, you can just trade the crypto, but then I've heard that that's not even a legitimate.
1: Yeah. Because you can't, to my understanding, you can't take custody of your Bitcoin that you have on Robinhood. And a huge part of uh, Bitcoin is being able to hold it yourself. Because if you look at any other form of money, it's, it it all requires trust in other people. Like if you have your money in a bank, the bank is loaning out as I'm sure, you know, the bank is loaning out all that money. Yeah. So they don't actually have it. And then like, for example, gold in 1933, uh, was banned. People couldn't even hold gold. So, I mean, yeah, that's the important thing of just having it yourself, not having anybody have the ability to take it away from you.
0: Well, the, the benefit I see of it is that there's no federal reserve involved, because that's the thing that I don't think people understand. And it, it's so frustrating for me because I'll tell you, anybody that gets higher education in the world of business and economics comes out very pro-free f- market. Hmm. Uh, what is it? Lay's fair, like very, just very much against government intervention because they learn, OK, you know, a free market works when it's free. Yeah. Uh, and, and what we see is, first of all, federal like the Federal Reserve is just this entity that exists to, to loan the government money. It's so crazy. It's like, so the U.S. government says, I need $10 billion and I'll pay you treasury bonds, which are just pieces of paper. Right. And then the Fed say, okay, well, we'll give you Federal Reserve notes, which are just pieces of paper. And then the the government gives that money to the banks and then the banks just puts that into its accounts and it becomes new money.
1: 100%. That is exactly how it works. Yeah.
0: But that's not even the worst part of it because then what what the economics dictates is that there are reserve requirements for banks to loan out money, but they only need 10% of the money in reserves. So if I'm a bank and the U.S. government just gave me $10 billion in real money. I can now hold $1 billion and take my $9 billion, which is excessive reserve, yep. and loan it out. Mm-hmm. And what's even <laughs> crazier about that, because it gets even worse, <laughs> is that people take that money that they just got loaned from the bank and they put it in their own account. And then the bank takes that money and says, oh, well, since you just put it back into our bank, really we we 10% of that for our reserve right. requirements so now we take 9000000000 billion, we're going to take $90 million out of it, and now we've got $8.1 billion to lend out again. And it just it's just this cycle, and they just keep printing money. I mean, 3% of the money that we have is actual physical money. The rest of it just exists. Yeah. And on the basis that the Fed is always loaning this money to the government at interest, we're never going to catch up to the interest. And I don't think people understand that and like i can see that you're tracking with me but like most of the time i i try to make i, I you know i've given that story so many times that i try to i in my head it seems so simple but it's like how on earth are people not enraged by this like
1: uh, that's in have you man? ever read that quote by henry ford he says um you probably know which one i'm talking about but for anybody that hasn't heard he says uh i think if if the average American knew about how the central banking system worked, we would have a revolution by tomorrow morning. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. yeah. It, it's nuts. So, I mean, you, okay. So, you totally understand what's going on with, with yep. the federal reserve and how money is created, which I remember in high school, we were never taught about how money is actually created no. ever.
0: I learned parabolas though. That's really helped out my adult life. Totally.
1: <laughs> I'm so happy we learned that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I use the high pad, Pythagorean, whatever the theorem. By Pythagorean.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Do you have any, so since you understand the, the horrible things about the Fed and central banking and you know, free money, what do, you, do you have any hesitations about Bitcoin?
0: Well, yeah, to, to a degree in the sense that um, I think that what we've seen with history and the way the Feds have worked is they've infiltrated our politics. They've infiltrated our education. I mean, they're, they're in everything, right? And what worries me about that is, is that, I mean, the Fed to a large degree, the major banks, the major corporations, if you run with the thought that they are responsible for these wars, they talk about economic hitmen. I don't know if you're familiar with that term. Where, yeah.
1: There's the book yeah. too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's that one dude. I, I forget his name. I just, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so as it pertains to Bitcoin, I just, it's hard for me to believe that there would ever be a currency that would actually be untouched. Like, it's hard for me to believe that they really don't have some brilliant way of hiding it from me and you and everybody else. Yeah. And I mean, I could be wrong. The truth is, is that I only get one life and I'm already in my 20s. So I'm just going to try to make as much as I can while I'm here. <laughs> and sure, The system's all corrupt, but like, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> so, Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, there's... <sighs> I think there's definitely something to be said about, especially at a young age in your 20s, primarily pursuing resources. Like, there, you know, because you look at the World Economic Forum and organizations like that want us to quote, own nothing and be happy. And it's very important to, yes, of course, own resources and all that. There are, I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about Bitcoin, because I feel like that is one thing we we can do about it. And the beautiful thing about it is, let's say everybody does own Bitcoin, everybody does value Bitcoin. The way we will get there is through uh, greed. And when I say greed, I don't even mean in a negative way. I mean, just the desire to make money. So maybe that's not even greed, but just yeah. Everybody wants to to have to make money, of course. And when you have something like Bitcoin, which is and I, I want to address your your other comment too, but when you have something like Bitcoin that we know for a fact there will only ever be 21 million that, that can exist. We don't yeah. know that with a gold or silver or equities, for sure, not fiat, or yeah. there's always gonna be a house, you know. Like we have no idea. We have never before, really, in human history, have we had some sort of monetary network where we absolutely know what the supply will be, and it's totally publicly visible. Mm-hmm. And um, I forget where, where was I going with that? Um, oh, yeah, so in that so with that being said, everything Bitcoin, in that sense, is going to infinity, literally. And I'm not saying that because I'm like super into Bitcoin. I'm saying that because everything else Right, we can't yeah. verify the total supply. Everything else, yeah. in theory, is uh, infinite as far as the supply, yeah. or at least we don't know. And so it's really twenty-one million, or what would you say? Everything divided by twenty-one million, and yeah. it's the 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 whole concept is it's actually designed to pump forever. Mm-hmm. And maybe that sounds like you know a scam to some people, like oh, it's designed to pump forever, but it's literally designed to to, to have the game theory where it attracts people to buy into it and actually value it. So, so that's one thing. And, but, and then you you also mentioned um, like you can't imagine that this thing that they should actually let this happen, right. That they should actually give away their power.
0: Yeah. Well, China did that, right. Just recently, they outlawed crypto transactions, correct?
1: Yes, they did.
0: I mean, there's a government intervening. I mean, I'm sure that someone in China is still pulling it off, but, at a certain point, like we're seeing on a global level right now that governments will flex their authority if they feel they really need to. Yeah. So
1: I agree with that. I, uh, (laughs) Ray Dalio said the same thing actually earlier this week, Ray Dalio said, you know, he, he said, I own Bitcoin, but I, I, I think to that, if it gets too successful, governments are going to kill it. And so the question is, how would they kill it? And I've looked at like every possible option and I don't see how they could do it other than shutting off all of the world's internet simultaneously and permanently. But even that, like I, I just finished a, a presentation uh, for the speeching event about, you know, should Bitcoin survive an apocalypse? If like, let's say the, all the electricity went out, all the internet went out all over the world, which really would never happen, but... Mm-hmm. um and theoretically Bitcoin could still survive in that situation because you can you don't need the internet to send data you can do it through ready waves and, and other means but I guess my point is that there there's kind of a saying that the more you study Bitcoin the more confident you get in the network yeah. and I think think it's absolutely true what
0: resources do you have where you really educated yourself on Bitcoin?
1: Oh that's a great question
0: yeah like like as a beginner that has, Really no idea, I would say. I mean, like I said, right, I maybe know like 10 to 20% of what I would like to know.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I I mean, I would recommend anything from Bitcoin Magazine is good. And the oh. reason why is because it's a Bitcoin-only company and they know, like all the, like Coindesk is a really big one. And uh, these, these crypto media companies will oftentimes be paid for a shilling a certain crypto mm-hmm. and they just want to make money, which is, you know. So Bitcoin Magazine is good. Uh, Bitcoin Talk is great. It's a website, Bitcoin Talk. Uh-huh. Um, and then as far as actual people, there's a really awesome podcast called Tales from the Crypt. And it's it's mm. some young Bitcoin miners and they just talk about the stuff. And uh-huh. yeah, I definitely recommend that.
0: Man, some of those young guys that are getting into the crypto world and like making all this stupid money. I'm like blown away by it. What was that thing? There was like a NFT of a rock that sold for like, I don't remember how much it was. I know that it was six figures at least. It might've been more.
1: I believe it was almost $400,000. I believe.
0: <laughs> it made me so angry. Like, I'm like, <laughs> angry. like what what am, I, what am I missing something? I remember I showed my my dad and my grandpa that. They're even more like, it's so beyond them. They're like, what oh, the like, I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know I'll, I'm really am interested in it and I am interested in holding it apparently Robinhood is launching a wallet now that's it, it, I only heard about it yesterday for the first time so I don't really know the details on it but yeah I mean it, it seems like in 2021 the prudent investment decision that maybe back in like the 80s was buying gold medallions and putting them under your mattress now right. it's some bitcoin on a what is it cold wallet and just like holding it to see what happens but
1: yeah that's what paul i mean there's a i believe he's one of the work he's one of the world's largest uh, hedge fund managers paul tudor jones and he basically said the same thing you just said like when i started investing in the early 70s. You know, I he yeah. basically said, I have the same feeling about Bitcoin that I had in the early 70s about gold and gold just took off and, you know, mm-hmm. in the 70s. So um, yeah. So, with that being said, I mean, let's say I wanted to address the, the question of should governments kill it too?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the China thing, like...
0: I mean, they did kill it, but they're also communist China. So a little different
1: sure i mean it, yeah if you look at the way that they uh, have the internet in their country they're not really friendly toward freedom type technology yeah. uh but with that being said i mean i i don't think that this law is actually going to stop people from transacting with each other i do think mining in the country is highly likely dead and really having, yeah like having forward facing bitcoin business is there yeah it's probably not going to happen but the thing i like about bitcoin is the cost of enforcement is so high compared to anything else because with a bank they can look at everything you do but with bitcoin they can't censor a transaction or or surveil you if you care about your privacy
0: yeah which is i think getting more and more important to people in general but i don't know we'll see i mean that oh. I started seeing it advertised. Everybody's like going all crazy about it because it's, it's being advertised as a internet browser that doesn't track you. And I, it's like, oh my gosh, like what a world we live in where that's a huge selling point. Like, because it's just data. Everyone's just all up in each other's business. And yeah, if, yeah. I, if I make any transaction at all, I'm getting advertisements on my social media accounts. I'm getting, I mean, hell, I get phone calls and texts and email. Like It just, it never ends there's just so much advertising nowadays information is so valuable to them but uh, yeah also bitcoin though can be used like on the black market and stuff like that too right so when you say it's not traceable there is also the side of like i mean people can be doing some shady stuff with that right
1: yeah i so that's like the most common argument against people in the central banks christine Lagarde uses that she's the president of the uh, european central bank she always uses this one like oh it's used for mm-hmm. criminal activity and mm-hmm. uh it's bad for the environment which those are two big rabbit holes but so there was a company called uh Chainalysis, and i actually hate that company because mm-hmm. they try and survey surveil people on the bitcoin blockchain but there are ways to mm-hmm. so get around it of course but uh they found that only I believe it's less than 1% of all Bitcoin transactions have been used for illicit purposes. Mm-hmm. And and even that, like the way I feel about it is, and I, I know you agree, not everything that's illegal is bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and with Ro- with the Silk Road like that, I, have you looked into what happened with Ross Ulbricht and the Silk Road? But Mm-mm. dude, no, it's, I don't know anything about it. Oh, it's such a horrible story. Huh. Yeah. B- basically, this guy do you know about like the founder of the Silk Road or, uh-huh. or, okay. 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 All right. Yeah. So, so this guy named Ross Ulbricht, when he was in his early thirties created the Silk Road, which, you know, was that uh website on the dark web that allowed people to buy and sell drugs and yeah. the website had rules, right? They didn't do like messed up stuff, like what you can think about in your head what I don't yeah. want to say uh, on the recording, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, So that stuff was not allowed. It was just for drugs. And if you think about it, like I'm sure we can probably agree that the drug war was, is so bad for people and it creates more crime. It creates a black market. Mm -hmm. So having an area online where people can peacefully transact and read the reviews of something that they're going to buy, you know, because a lot of people get messed up from drugs they buy on the street where it's not high quality, Mm -hmm. But anyways, long story short, uh, this guy, Ross Ulbricht, early 30s, really smart guy, created the Silk Road, and he's actually an Eagle Scout, too, and his mother uh, is a big activist, very sweet mother. The guy did not have a criminal record before this, and he was just a libertarian guy. He believes in free market, you know, and they caught him, and uh, he was sentenced to a double life sentence plus 40 years. The, the person who... Like the biggest drug dealer on that website, the most he got for prison was 10 years. And Ross, who just created the website, got double life plus 40 years. And on top of that, the pros- I believe it was the prosecutors, uh, were caught stealing over a million dollars of Bitcoin from the website. <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. totally insane.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I had never even known that story. You know, and it's, it, isn't it so funny that that's the, the way it works, though? Because if you're if you're entrenched in the information and in the uh, industry, you'll, you pick up on things like that. But popular media never covers things like that because it, it's too, I don't know, it's too in your face to, to not become a conspiracy theorist. You know, I think that's yeah. that's become me as a as an adult is, is, you know, as a as a person that is a self-proclaimed free thinker. I get called a conspiracy theorist a lot. I think it's so funny. It's like, look at, I look at the media nowadays, like wrestling. It's like, I, I can watch it, but I know it's fake. Yeah. And 100%. yeah. And, I mean, that's just so crazy to me. It, and stuff happens like this all the time. And again, it, it goes back to what I'm saying about the feds and everything else. It's like, where's the outrage? I don't understand yeah. why people are so upset. Like we, you know, you talk about Bitcoin and inflation and uh, interest rates and uh, all of this, and, and you go, gosh, I mean, not only are people not upset about it, but we have people advocating for raising the minimum wage.
1: Yeah, they don't get what's That's actually true. happening. They don't get yeah, the real problem.
0: Yeah, we're talking about a, you know, we, we Biden the Biden administration passes a 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus bill, and. All that, he, that we're doing with printing more money is, is we're just stealing from the money that's already in supply. And and so what we're saying is is we're saying, okay, we have a problem with inflation and people can't buy as much. So you know how we're going to fix it? More inflation.
1: Right. It's like trying to stop a fire by putting wood in the fire. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Should, should I ask you about... Uh, I totally feel the same way. I mean, I, especially in One thing I've learned in life, especially since getting out of Pasadena in Los Angeles where we're from is the further away you go from a city, the more common sense people have, generally speaking.
0: Sure.
1: But um I don't know. I've I've had that same frustration like how do people not care about this because at a certain point it's like people are blindly turning their heads away from all this crazy stuff that's actually happening. Why do yeah. you and I, I also think I don't know what it is, and I don't know if anybody listening also has experienced the same thing, but I've noticed that it in growing up, you know, it's almost not cool to actually care about something, and I don't know why that is,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: uh, I don't know. Apathy is like a, a very popular in, thing,
0: yeah, it's in right now, but it, but it's uh, it depends on what you're talking about because it's become popular to very adamantly support a certain thought group. And, you know, I, I lean more like you do, I think where I'm, I I naturally don't trust the government. And because of that, I get more often classified as a conservative than a liberal, because it just so happens that one side is a little less into the government control than the other. But the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, I, I don't really like to label myself with, at, in in a complete alignment with either party, uh, but it's uh, it's so weird. You know, there was a time like in the '60s and '70s when music and youth were about anarchy and don't trust the government. You had like Pink Floyd and go, coming out here singing the wall and don't trust the government, like they are right. corrupt and evil. And and now our media outlets and our celebrities and our music are all about social justice and equality and listen to the man and the man is your friend the man will keep you safe and follow instagram's community guidelines because they'll keep you safe and like if you get triggered by a certain word let's type it into your trigger word section and then it won't show up it's like gosh this is like like what happened to us (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's a and, damn good question. And,
0: yeah, so, so when you say like apathy, I think what it is, is that I, I feel that a lot. Like as a guy who decided I'm going to go on social media and just say my truth. <laughs> and I want to be open to conversation. I'm not a genius. I want to hear other people's thoughts and perspectives. And it's so interesting because some people respond and they want to have a good conversation. But yeah. most people respond with some hate. I mean, some real hate. And I've gotten so used to it. I mean, I, I met Larry Elder before uh, the recall election. And mm-hmm. I posted a picture with him because I thought, hey, you know, this guy's a good guy. I can get behind him. There's a lot of reasons. I'm not going to get into it, but a lot of reasons to support this guy. I got called a racist for posting a picture with a That's black crazy. That's candidate. Crazy. I'm like, what world is this? Like, I don't understand. But it's just if, if party lines are drawn and you just are supposed to blindly follow that. And, and follow those things. I mean, honestly, I'm so interested to know what it's like for you to get to have left. Cause honestly, I think about it a lot. I go, man, I might just get the hell out of here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Join us. Yes. Yeah. It's uh Oh man. I, I, I totally agree with like everything you just said. It's, it's um, it's a clown world. It's a yeah. clown world. And uh we just so happen to be born in, in, in an area that is one of the most clown-like areas yeah. in the world, which is Los yeah. Angeles. And so, I mean, I, I would love to talk about Mexico, but to you mentioned like what happened. And there is this guy, I believe his name is Yuri Bezmanov, and he's oh. a former, oh, yeah. you've, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I he's do. a for, former yeah. Soviet like KGB agent type guy. And he fled Russia and came over to the United States. And there's this video of him talking about the four steps to destroy a civilization. And I'm going to try and go off my memory. I believe the first one was uh, destabilization. The second one was, uh, oh, God, I don't even remember all of them. But basically, it's destabilizing a society and then uh, uh, educate. I don't remember all four. Maybe I can. Yeah. Basically, he talks what about tearing a society down, changing the morals of the society. You you do this through the school system, through media. And he says mm-hmm. at the end, they're going to get to a point where you could literally look at the sky and tell them the sky is blue, but they will tell you it's red. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It, and uh, it, it appears that that, Has been happening through the school system and the media is obviously owned by you know one of all these leftists talk about how much they hate corporations. Why do they believe media outlets that are owned by one of such corporations? Makes no sense.
0: It's uh, I looked it up. It's so it's demoralization, which takes fifteen to twenty years, destabilization, which takes two to five years. So so you're first you're just making the country immoral in general. And they can't believe what truth is, even if it's right in front of them. And then you destabilize for two to five years, and that's creating like chaos. And then you have like a six-week period of crisis, and then it's normalization, which is like when they've completely subverted everybody, like the sky is red type of stuff. Yeah. And actually, the, the the crazy thing about Yuri Bezmenov is that you know he comes out and says the Cold War isn't over, and Russians have infiltrated the American educational system and it's 2020 and, and the timing actually kind of adds up and, and it seems like we have now we've had three generations worth of people that have been indoctrinated to to a certain degree and so now in our generation concepts like socialism and communism are are popular talked just, about widely' it's and, crazy and, and you know, and, and it, it seems like such a cop out for me to say, like, open an economics textbook and explain to me how socialism works. Because historically, it, this, it, it, it might seem like a good concept, but it just doesn't work. And, you know, it, it's the same thing. Um, the unfortunate truth is, is that when people have their thoughts put under scrutiny, they can either humble themselves and say, wow, I didn't realize that I was wrong or they can just get angry. Yeah, true. Like, if you took, if I took two headlines and put them in front of you, and and I don't know where you stand on like vaccines, but it's a very hotly debated topic. So like, if I put vaccines in front of you and I, one headline reads, uh, you know, 98% of unvaccinated people are getting, have contracted the virus in the last, you know, 15 months. And the other one says, COVID vaccinations require third booster shot to be proven effective. It's like, so here's two totally different headlines Yeah, that we're, we're getting stuff that's along these lines. That's like, okay, this is, I did not know that this was a thing. And, and on one side, whichever side you're on, you're going to read one headline and go like, this makes me feel good. This is my side. This is what I agree with. And this validates my feelings and thoughts. Uh, here's the thing. One side of this argument, when they're, presented with with counter evidence say like wow i need to look into that the other side says you're horrible i hate you you're a terrorist i hope you die like what happened with joe rogan when he was on ivermectin and news anchors were like well like if he dies like that was the risk that he took like what the (laughs) hell you're hoping he dies like look at the energy of what you're putting out
1: like i oh yeah i i I totally agree with that like even if you're not you know, if even if you do, don't naturally have some sort of distrust for authority, your soul, I don't know how your soul, you can't yeah. kind of see what's happening. I, it, to me, it's such an obvious uh, attack on our humanity. Like, I, I don't see any logic in putting a mask on a two year old or vaccinating, you know, a, a five to 11 year olds. That they're talking about where the, the odds of them dying from the coronavirus is astronomically low. I believe it's less than like 0.01% or 0.1%. More,
0: die, more people die of heart disease, more people die of cancer, car accidents. I mean, there's a multitude of things that people have died of this year that outweigh COVID.
1: <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, to touch on the the vaccine thing briefly, I mean, because that should be that's yeah. s- such a conversation. But I have I mean, I've been vaccinated quite yeah. a lot in the military. I used to not really think much about it. Um, sure. And then I saw a video by a man named Del Bidtree, and the video was titled The Irrefutable Argument Against Vaccine Safety. Um, and Del Bidtree is a man who, who started this nonprofit called uh, ITAN Informed Consent Action Network, ITAN. And he has won lawsuits against the CDC and the HHS, Health and Human Services. The one for the CDC was uh, over before, if you went on the CDC's website, the first thing you would see is vaccines do not cause autism, which is they have yeah. no scientific, scientific yeah. evidence for that whatsoever. And, uh-huh. you know, most people you say, OK, I, I believe vaccines you know, are linked to autism. They're going to call you absolutely nuts. They're going to call you an anti-vaxxer. And they have no idea that, um, you know, there was actually a, a, a man uh, he's still working for the CDC, a senior scientist with the CDC. His name is Dr. William Thompson. Ooh. And uh, he is a whistleblower that uh, is on record saying that the CDC intentionally destroyed documents that showed the link between vaccines and autism. So, so long story short, I saw that video. It's by Del tree Del made a, a documentary called Vaxed, which oh. is such an important thing to, to watch for people, I think. And it's so censored, um, yeah. but there are just, uh, there are so many situations of this industry being totally messed up. and f- And from the Christian angle too, that's a that's another argument, but from the Christian angle, I mean, the Bible says your body is your temple, and if you look at the ingredients in these things, which most medical doctors have not, uh, mm. they are really not good. So,
0: yeah, it, it, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to to get in the middle of because people have such it's such a I mean, such a wide range of emotions, yeah, regarding it. But like, what makes no sense to me is why we care what an individual's choice would be. Like, <clears throat> there was one dude who jokingly, a friend of mine jokingly put up this post. He said, oh man, like it's allergy season again. Like my Allegra doesn't work if you guys aren't using your Allegra. So like, make sure that you're using it. And, you know, obviously that's a joke, but let's be honest with ourselves. Like, why does me having a vaccine or not affect you if you're vaccinated
1: well their their thing is herd immunity that's their common scientific response
0: yeah i just don't understand that it's like but then in the the same breath if if i'm a pro-vaxxer and i see someone that's an anti-vaxxer i will commonly say at least that's what's going on in social media is like i hope that these people die Uh, for not being vaccinated you know And, and Again, I don't take a strong stance on it like my feeling is is that you should have the freedom to make a choice for yourself same the same goes for masks as well. I mean I get yelled at all the time in public. Good for you I res- I I, I
1: gotta I gotta acknowledge that I respect that <laughs> Good for you. most people cover their mouths when they don't have to well, and a, they don't want to be yelled at and yeah. that's how this stuff continues so I respect that
0: yeah I was at, I was working out at the gym. And they had reinstituted the mask mandate. So, you know, California got rid of them. And then right before the election, we we put them back up and said, oh, well, because of COVID, actually, not only are we going to reinstitute the mask mandate and coronavirus is a big problem, but we're going to let you print your own uh, ballots and vote and all, the, all this crap. It's just a little, that's over here. That's my other conspiracy theory. But like <laughs> over here with the masks. So I go to the gym and, you know, the trainer stops me and says, like, oh, Bud, like you got to start wearing a mask again. I'm like are you, God? Like so, I get the thing and I put it on and I walk past and I see all these guys and it's like yesterday no one was wearing masks and I just said you know what like if he kicks me out he kicks me out and so I took it off, but then everybody else noticed mm-hmm. and slowly but surely people are taking their masks off.
1: Good and
0: if somebody's in the gym and they're petrified of COVID and they're so worried about it and they can't believe that people would be so irresponsible to not wear their masks. Don't go to the gym. hundred percent. Yeah. Just don't go to the gym. Like right. go, you're, you're walking on the treadmill, go walk outside. It's better for you anyways. And like, it's, you're losing so much peace over this. I got cussed out by this Asian woman when I was on a hike for not wearing a mask.
1: That is just insane. I'm like, that is I'm so outside. insane.
0: I'm outside. <sighs> like, can you not see, like, And also too, like we just walked past each other. Like I'm not like coughing on Uh you. Right. (laughs) That's the the world we live in, man. Yeah, dude. You have to comply. It's about compliance.
1: I think that's really rooted in school because in the school, the best students are the ones who just do basically do whatever they're told to do. They do their homework. They, you know, do their stuff. And I think so much of it is rooted in the school system, but, um, Yeah, I, um, there's so many,
0: yeah, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying you you talk about the school system and it's an interesting thing because if you're breaking rules, then you're considered a bad kid, right? Yeah. But now you're dangerous. You're, uh, putting people's lives at risk. Matter of fact, people that aren't wearing their masks are being compared to terrorists.
1: Yeah, they are. It, in,
0: in,
1: yeah, it, so so this is the crux of the issue. Is yeah, uh, a friend of mine who's uh, his name is Derek Rose, and he lives here in Mexico. He's uh, you know very big in the freedom movement. He's been putting out really good information for the last ten years, and but he's basically saying that he brought up a good point that the vaccination issue and the mask issue, like co- you know COVID in general is the crux of the, the main issue that human beings have right now, which is, do you initiate force against somebody that is otherwise a peaceful person? You mm-hmm. know, do you have some sort of right to, to force someone to do something against their will? And, you know, that's, that's the core of the libertarian argument and the anarcho-capitalist argument the freedom argument is, you know, if you're not hurting me and I'm not hurting you, we're cool, right? Just do no harm. And um, most people do not understand that because we're not taught basic morality in school. And basic morality is, well, actually, we are taught basic morality, which is don't hit and don't steal. But we're not taught that that also applies to government. And it that concept Which is a basic, objective moral principle of, you know, do no harm—the golden rule. Uh, People think it's okay, but they think it's okay to take thirty to fifty percent of your money per year. They think, uh, you know, the government has some sort of right to to tax people. And so, anyways, I'm going to put a cap on my statement and say this: I believe that when human beings have freedom, first of all, you can't have morality without yeah. freedom because not having freedom is a, a violation of morality mm-hmm. because what freedom is is what you have when nobody is forcing their will on you right so if somebody's forcing your, their will on you there's no freedom that's immoral so you look at our society today it's not a moral society i don't think you just like you were mentioning people yeah. people talked about i hope you die and people have like it's not a very moral society
0: yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that there's that quote, and I don't remember who said it, that says none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they're free. And I think, I, I, I love the founding concepts of America being founded on the basis of freedom. And it seems like the constitution in and of itself is a very anti-federalist, anti-government understanding. I mean, Jefferson said the government that governs the least governs the best. And yet our constitution, although it's upheld to a large degree, we have a multitude of amendments that have been made and reforms that have been made, bills that have been passed, that everything kind of gets a little murky. And the truth is, is that we have the Patriot Act. And I, it's like I talk about it a lot with people, and people roll their eyes, but I, I say it over and over your phone can be tacked. Your home can be searched without a warrant, without you being home. You can be detained. The charges don't have to be revealed to you. You don't get access to a lawyer. You can be legally tortured. And that's all under the suspicion that you might be a terrorist. And now we have the media calling anti-vax, anti-mask people, terrorists. And, and again, like, where's the outrage? Like this stuff is happening in Australia. Like you see these videos of people getting bodied by police officers because they're not wearing a mask. It, like, but there's no outrage over this. And, and it's it, it's the this classic misdirect. We have what's going on in Afghanistan. We have these masks. All, some of this news that, that kind of makes you scratch your head and go, like, dude, this is, this doesn't look so good. We got like high taxes and inflation and the housing market. It's like nobody can buy a house anymore and there's a chip shortage and all this stuff. But hey, hey, you know, Texas passed the law on abortion rights. So let's all talk about women's reproductive rights in <sighs> Texas. Why are women in California vehemently fighting over this concept over here in a state that doesn't apply to them. Like you're in California girl. Like it's never going to affect you here.
1: It is. It is a clown world. It is a clown world. I I want to. So with all that stuff, it's difficult because I feel like a, a big reason that so many people want to just work their job, come home, relax have a beer watch some tv whatever and when they hear something that's scary to them like you know 9-11 or you know all these sort of ideas that are uncomfortable they don't want to deal with it but so let's i i i will say this i think that with all of this insanity happening right now there is a very positive element to it that can come from it i think and I'm not trying to bash on you because you're still in Los Angeles or whatever, but yeah, dude, sure. I seriously think that cities are, are gonna be, I don't know. I, I just I look at it like they, they have such an ability to control people in these okay. cities. And if you look at any other time, regardless if you think you know somebody thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist or whatever, if you yeah. look at any other time that all of these things have happened right now, high inflation. Uh, authoritarian government, you know, you need papers to go outside, all this stuff. Any other time, um, food has been used against people. And you saw that 100 years ago with the Soviet Union, you know, tons of millions of people dying from starvation. And um, (laughs) I was talking about the positive. I guess what I'm saying is this. (laughs) I, I, and this ties into why I'm in Mexico. I see the world going one of two ways. I very clearly see it going one of two ways. The first way is... We continue depending on the grocery store. We continue uh, depending on the government, and we continue, you know, staying in areas where there are tons of police. They can control us. We don't have much freedom. Yeah, that's one option. The other option is to completely exit that. Completely exit that. Get outside of the city. Form actual community with people. This is one thing we've lost: is people have their sense of community from the government. You have government schools. You have so many government jobs that people have all this stuff and
0: major corporations too. major corporations. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I see here in Mexico, like you don't have that government dependency and people trust each other more. People are more productive. So, and I know a lot of people who believe in freedom who have money and either in the United States or they're moving down to Mexico, they're buying land. Um, And I'm not saying it like, go live in the middle of nowhere and, you know, be a farmer. But I am saying that I really do believe these things are going to be used against us more. I mean, it started with yeah. two weeks and then the mass to, yeah. to enter the store. And now in many areas of Europe in the world, you have to have yeah. vaccination idea to go to the fucking grocery store. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I think the, I, the answer is to have our own uh, food, everything we need to be completely independent from that that's what i'm trying to do in mexico
0: interesting yeah it, i think it's funny that the same people in 2000 it was 2016 that were you know the anti-fascists and they said like i'll oh, punch a nazi in the face four years later saying like show me your papers, so you can't go outside <laughs> and they don't see the irony in that but yeah i mean i am interested in it like during during the election cycle when i was working out in pasadena at a couple of restaurants uh And, and which I mean, managing a restaurant during COVID is like the worst thing you could possibly have to do. Cause you got like, nobody wanted to wear the gloves. No one wanted to wear the masks, And it's my job to make sure they're doing it. It was a nightmare. But during that time we had BLM protesters and they were kicking windows in and I gave my hosts mace. And I was like, well, I mean, (laughs) I don't know, like, what to do. With, like, I had a gun in my car. I'm like, I don't want to use this, but like, if some guy comes at me and like I'm outnumbered ten to one, like, I'm gonna at least take some of them down with me if they're gonna try to kill me. Like, shit, if I know.
1: What else uh, are you supposed to do in that situation? Just call yeah. the cops and wait. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> while they're
1: mugging you. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And and it's it's interesting. You talk about how easily manipulated people are because it it really bums me out. It saddens me so much. But if you look at google search trends and you can see like the graphs of when a certain phrase has been searched at a higher rate than at other times and a term like black lives matter only is highly searched every four years antifa the occupy movement it's Hmm. only during election cycles like where are they in the news right now
1: they're not very interesting
0: but when but when a republican candidate goes out whether it's ron DeSantis or trump or ted cruz whoever it is They're going to go out and say that that guy's racist. I mean, they even said Larry Elder was the black face of white supremacy. Like, so they say, oh, well, he's racist and he's against you. And, you know, Larry Elder's an Uncle Tom and all this messed up stuff. And like, then people get heated and they get manipulated in that sense. And people like Candace Owens come out that don't go along that narrative and say, hey, as an African-American woman, I, I don't agree with this narrative. And they hate her. Because they say, no, you're supposed to be a victim. And that's what it is, is it's identity politics. So based on your, your gender, your race, your sexual orientation, your religion, whatever it is, you're supposed to vote on this basis. Right. But the reality is, is that's just not fruitful because you can never argue me out of my gender or my religion. I mean, I suppose you could argue me out of my religion, but like, if I have a strong one, then no, right? Sure. And so what they do is, is they just kind of pit us Against each other, and I think in the cities it's worse because you have a lot more people, differences of income, extremely rich, extremely poor, mm-hmm. and so you see there's a lot of animosity there, and it's so sad because it, there's a and I'll cap it with this: there's this comic that I saw a long time ago of a king, and he's got this group of people below him, and they're like rioting, and they're like kill the king, you know, and the the his commander guy walks up and says, oh, what are we going to do? And he goes well, tell the pitchfork people that the torch people want to take their pitchforks away and tell the torch people that the pitchfork people want to take their torches away. And then they'll just start fighting with each other and then we'll be fine.
1: That is a great man. That's so true. That's such a good analogy. And that's exactly what, what's happening right now.
0: Yeah. What are we fighting about? Like we're fighting about abortion, are we fighting reproductive each other? rights. We're fighting about gay marriage. We're fighting about race. We're, we're fighting about, uh, what's that one, uh, uh, critical race theory that everyone mm-hmm. is so upset about. And it comes from both ends. You, you turn on Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson or Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon, like we're all saying the same crap. They're just making us fight. It's like, here's the thing. The feds and the government are stealing our money.
1: Exactly. Our that's just the thing. thing that. None of you understand that taxation is yeah. theft. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> and then if you don't understand that, then it's just really hard for me to have a conversation with you. It's like, exactly it, that's, that's- this is what's
1: important. Uh-huh. What is
0: freedom?
1: What is freedom? That That is the issue. That's why three words, taxation is theft, is, yeah. is such a rabbit hole. Because once you understand that taxation is theft, no matter what the excuse is, maybe you do pay for roads with it. Maybe you do mm-hmm. all these great things with it, which obviously it doesn't. But uh, even if you do, the act of it is still involuntary. It's still theft. And it's therefore a system which cannot survive without violating other people's rights and violating basic morality.
0: Yeah, so who builds builds your roads in in Mexico City? So you're trying to build a a little town down there. Who builds your roads?
1: That's a great question. So, well, first of all, they're already there, right? So nice. <laughs> right? That's that's one sure. thing I think people forget. Yeah. How are we going to have the roads? They're already there. Yeah. So, it's just a matter of maintaining these roads. And I think, yeah. you know, we have technology. You're in Los Angeles, I'm all the way in Southern Mexico. We're talking with each other right now. Human yeah. beings find ways to do really cool things. And yeah. I think we can pave some some roads. So, <laughs> so I'll start from a high-level view. The first thing is Anytime in economics, if people want something, there's going to be a demand for it in a free market, right? So I want to use roads. You want to use roads. I love roads. All right. So we're going to find a way. That's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing is, I mean, there are, there are a whole bunch of different answers for this one. I One answer is that uh, I believe in Seattle, Domino's Pizza was paving roads temporarily. And I think the government made Domino's stop it. Basically, they were using it for marketing. So that's, Oh. Hey, you know, that's that is one option, right? If you want to build a bridge for people in your area and your business is, um, I don't know, whatever Tim Small's CPA business, right? Then people know this is Tim Small's CPA bridge, yeah. whatever you get the point, yeah. right? So that's yeah. one option. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I've been to I talked about this place a lot, uh, Chiron, which <laughs> is a town of 36,000 people in Mexico, where Ten years ago, they kicked out all the government in their area because they were getting screwed over so much. They kicked out the police, the National Guard, the cartel, um, their mayor, and they've had no, you know, quote, government for the last 10 years. And it's it's a beautiful place. It's
0: what about crime?
1: the only crime they have is from teenagers doing stupid shit and it's not an issue. Like, I mean, obviously teenagers doing stupid shit is an issue, but it's not like the entire place is just full of blood in the streets. And yeah. And that's the thing you have to think about the word anarchy. Like you have all of these, when people hear anarchy, they think all of these horrible things. And there's this movie, the purge where, Yeah. Uh, yeah. where one day, you know, you don't have a government and everybody, your neighbor just tries to kill you something like that. Uh, where was I go? Oh yeah. So the roads. So, you know, people find a way there. I've, I've seen it with my own eyes. There are many other ways. And the thing that people don't understand is that the roads suck right now. The roads suck in Los Angeles. They, they, they're pretty bad in most cities and with a private company that's a lot more attainable than an actual you know public organization, which they'll still have their jobs either way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But um but yeah I, I don't know. I, I see Mexico is a lot more doable as far as setting up free areas to live in. What, conf-
0: what confuses me about the move to Mexico is the American perspective on Mexico is that they're all trying to get the hell out of there take it here. <laughs> Nobody wants to be there. Like I, I thought yeah. that it was like a, like a drug cartels paradise down in Mexico. And they were like chopping people's heads off and it was just hell. And then like, maybe there was a couple of resorts that had tourism money and that was it. And now you're like, Oh yeah, dude, like it kicks out. here. It's
1: pretty, yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's nothing like they say on the news. The news yeah. is all obviously all BS, but uh i will say this so mexico the cartel does exist however i prefer two governments fighting over each other <laughs> right yeah. compared to one government just absolutely dominating me
0: yeah but i mean the cartel kills people like i mean i suppose the government does too but i mean
1: u.s governments killed a lot more people than the cartel
0: that's i i suppose that's true
1: i, I will also say this just to Cause I should say this before anything else is said people here, you know, cartel and they think it's this one thing. It's not like there, there are tons of cartels all throughout Mexico. Some areas are horrible and I, I don't get me wrong. Like some areas in Mexico are really bad. All right. Yeah. But some, but honestly, I mean, I've driven across the country twice and It. it, I I love it. Um, and some other cartels, I will also say this other cartels, people actually like as crazy as that sounds because the government has screwed a lot of people over in this country. So the thing I liked about it is they kind of have a natural disliking toward the state and they know it's all kind of BS, you know? And, uh, but I mean, some cartels, um, are absolutely, you know, generally speaking, they're reasonable. They do have a monopoly on drugs, right? Which is where they make their revenue, but.
0: Yeah, that's fine. I don't need drugs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just, Uh, but it's a different world. But I I will say just to to end this statement is the freedom I feel here. I actually, I feel so free here. Like when I'm, when I'm in the U S and I'm just driving my car and I see a cop behind me, you feel that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're like, and in Mexico, it's not like that. You know,
0: yeah, that's that's interesting to me because like it it is so it seems so different. I mean, like the picture that you're painting reminds me of like a like a Sicilian mafia in New York City where people go to the Godfather because like, you know, their their daughter got hit by their son-in-law and they wanted something to be done about it. And right. the Godfather takes care of business. You're know, like, it's a different thing. Like I I've seen like a gosh, there's that one Netflix show that talks about the drug cartel and I'm forgetting what it's called now. It's like super popular, but <clears throat> whatever it is, uh, they, they, yeah, they put out totally different imagery out there. But like, the other thing is, and this is probably stupid, because I only have one life, right? But I see how messed up California is. And I see that I'm, I'm near Los Angeles. And it's just a, it's honestly just a crap city. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of bad people in here. And Bad politicians, bad policy, and but I also think like we've got such great weather, we've mm. got the coasts, and damn it, I'm not gonna give that to you guys. Like you don't get uh, to have that.
1: Yeah, you know what I, I mean, feel like, that, man. I do.
0: and it's like I don't know if I if I can fight. I don't know if if I'm gonna say like I'm gonna stay and fight because it's like well, what the hell am I gonna do? You know, I'm I'm gonna be an accountant and a real estate guy. Like I'm not battling anybody, but at the same time, there's something moral about it, like. This is my home. Yeah. This is my home. Like your shit policies like they don't b- bother me. Like I'll go buy I'll go buy a property in Nevada and declare my income through that. And I'll make that my primary residence and I'll find loopholes to stay here if I have to cuz I'm right. not going to give you the coast.
1: Man, I I, I really uh, I really relate with that and I really appreciate that perspective. Um It's a tough one. It's a tough one cuz we happen to be born in an area where uh, other than like New York or Chicago, or, you know, like there's just so much bureaucracy. Yeah. It's tough when it's from your hometown. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's just one right answer.
0: Yeah.
1: I, for me, I, my perspective is that unfortunately, (sighs) okay. You would think that Southern California would be, the most successful part of the country, which is like you meant most, one of the most beautiful areas on earth. Capital. Yeah. yeah absolutely. On earth really like and perfect weather and you should have import and exports with the ocean and it should have the most booming economy out there. And they have found a way to absolutely destroy it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I respect people who want to stay and fight. I really respect it for me yeah. personally. I, I think my path is on just creating new stuff, but I I think people need to do both to be honest.
0: Yeah, I I think that I have this feeling and I I don't really know where it comes from that I'm supposed to fight and grind as long as I can here and acquire as much property as I can here. Because then by the time I'm in like my fifties, my property will have appreciated so much that I can just sell it and pretty much go anywhere I want. Right. Because it's unbelievable that housing, housing in in Glendale, Pasadena, Arcadia, you know, that just the suburban areas right above LA, it's like a starter house is 800 grand. We're talking about like a, like a 700 square foot, two bed, one bath house. How the hell are you supposed to buy that? Like all of my peers right now are living with mom or grandma or like nobody, nobody's able to buy anything. Because yeah. the economy is just, I, the housing market is unbelievable. But with that being said, if you're willing to drive two hours away and go to Palm Springs or Big Bear or somewhere else, start buying property, that property pays for itself. I mean, I don't know what it's like out in Mexico. I don't know if you can play that game the same way.
1: It's, it's a lot. Oh, it's an entirely different yeah. economy. You got to pay yeah. to play. Like, And I'm yeah. sure, sure you, you probably know what I mean, but I, and that it's just, and if I I prefer that, but uh I don't know. I mean, for me, as far as the real estate thing, for me, what I want to do is I, I know for a fact that there are a lot of people that I personally know that want to have a place to just go to and yeah. stay in case stuff gets really bad, yeah. you know? And buying property in Mexico is significantly cheaper. Like you can have a home build here for five grand.
0: Yeah. That's, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so I don't know. I mean, there. I don't know. I, I, I think, so that's one option, but dude, either way, uh, no matter where you are, I, I think being outside of a city is good. And, and really having access to our own food supply is good. Like if, if you've ever heard the term agorism, which is basically like I create stuff, you create stuff. We all sell stuff to each other. We don't have to depend on this huge monolithic organization. Mm. And so anyways, that's where I picture things going. But um, it's,
0: still, it's still a monetary system though. So, so there is still a lack of trust in that because frankly, yeah, I can be an ethical person, but if I run the grocery store and I'm the only grocery store around and we kicked out the big corporation, I'm going to charge you a little more for bread. Yeah, because it, nobody else can. Sure. So pretty soon, I'll just be the big dog. Like, as long as we're operating on a monetary system, which I'm, a, I am a capitalist.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, <clears throat> but the truth is, is that the monetary system does not exactly breed ethics. It breeds people looking for profit, and so it's a good, uh, it's good at motivating people to be entrepreneurial, and it's it's good for innovation, but why? Like, honestly, like you're my buddy. But frankly, if I got a bigger paycheck by screwing you over a little bit, I would, as I would with everybody because what that's the? what, is, to make the what?
1: <laughs> Tim, <laughs> I I understand what you're saying though. Like, yeah. But I mean, do you think that's because of, uh, you said the monetary system, which could be broad. Is that because of the federal reserve or would this be solved with Bitcoin? Do you think?
0: Maybe, but I, I think it's all kind of the same in the sense that, uh, like, okay, if, if I'm, if I'm, uh, in the used car market and mm-hmm. you're selling a car and I go to you and I say, Hey man, like I, I really could use this car, but you know, you listed it for 10 and I only have seven, but like, if you could help me out, like that would be like huge for me. Well, like you need the money too. So it's like, yeah, oh, yeah this, this guy's my friend. And like, it, like, is it ethical to not sell it to him for le- like it is my car like there's nothing really I don't have to do him this favor so I'm going to tell him no and there's really nothing wrong with you setting that boundary because no. we live in a monetary world
1: I don't and- think that I don't know I actually don't think that's because of the monetary system I think that's um not really a bad thing I mean in that situation and I uh, ran talks about this a lot, you know, she said, she has this phrase, uh, altruism is a sin. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, altruism is actually a very detrimental thing because if you're helping other people before you help yourself and how can you actually help other people if you don't have resources on your own? So I don't think there's, that's actually something we've been taught. Like I, there, it's so strange that a lot of people think it's just immoral to make money. And making money is a very moral thing to do in many ways. Yeah. It can be you have a without responsibility.
0: the government. I think, yeah. I think that, like, as people like you and me, I mean, for me personally, I felt that, hey, I went to a nice like college prep high school. And so I have a responsibility to be a smart person and figure <laughs> out how to make money. That, that, because, because money is freedom in this world. And, and I agree with you on the basis that you got to be helping yourself first. But there is such a thing as profit margin. And if I can increase my profit margin, I will. And everything is going to hit its price equilibrium. Like if I'm charging a hundred bucks for artichokes, I'm not going to sell my artichokes. But if nobody else is selling them, I can upcharge them.
1: I agree. I think the, the, the thing with that is really the only time we're in that situation where there is a monopoly on something is because of the government. Generally speaking, I mean, I, I think that's yeah, because other than that, I mean, somebody's going to come along and you know, there's going to be competition, and yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, there are tons of monopolies right now, and the government loves it, so
0: yeah, price ceilings, price floors, it's so frustrating,
1: it is so frustrating. <laughs> But, um, well, hey, man, I, um, I, think, I think we'll put a cap on it for now. I, I enjoyed talking about Bitcoin with you. I, I think it's yeah. fun because you're, you're a guy that has actually taken the time to learn about how insane the monetary system is. Yeah. And like you are interested in Bitcoin, but you're not like me where I'm like, oh my God, Bitcoin fixes everything, <laughs> like, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still a beginner. I'm definitely still a beginner.
1: Yeah, yeah it, it's, 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 it's just a great rabbit hole. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it's, uh, if this thing actually succeeds, which I believe it will, it will change. Yeah. Money is literally a part of every aspect of our lives. And totally. if the money is corrupted, then all of our lives are somehow tainted with this corruption, you know? So if we can have, uh, a money supply that's based on honesty, I think that we really... Uh, affect our society, but um, yeah, yeah, dude, I I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was fun. Yeah.
0: I appreciate you having me, man. And frankly, like if you ever have time to work through more stuff, I'd be happy to come on again and work through it. It's funny. I was looking for uh, like books and information where I could be like, where can I start out as a guy, like a novice Bitcoin guy? And I realized, well, I just get to be a part of the show, I guess, and (laughs) ask you straight up. Which There you go.
1: Dude, I I would love to do another episode um, in the near future. Just yeah. It's totally about Bitcoin detailed Absolutely. stuff. I'm happy to happy to do it.
0: Absolutely, man. Yeah. So we'll be in touch then and we'll we'll take it from there. But yeah, thank you again for having me, man. This is a good time. It's good yes. catching up.
1: It a blast. Yeah. I'll stop the recording now. Thanks, bro. Right, Cheers. Thank